Hello and welcome to True Crime People and Places, the podcast where we explore the world of true crime from an academic and personal perspective. I'm Linda Sage, a criminal psychologist with over four decades of experience working with some of the most dangerous individuals in the world. This is a fairly new podcast and we are developing the systems and growing our audience. So we appreciate your support and feedback. This podcast may contain discussions of violence, murder, sexual assault and other topics related to true crime. Listener discretion is advised. If you are sensitive to these topics, please be aware that this podcast may be triggering you. If at any time you feel overwhelmed or distressed, please take a break and seek support from a mental health professional or support organisation. Hi and welcome. I'm Linda Sage and today's session is all about codependency in relationships. In previous sessions, we've been looking at uh, coercive controlling behaviour, also psychopathic behaviour traits, which uh, do come into this, but there's always another side of a relationship. And mostly it depends on two people in uh, different circumstances. I say, it doesn't always have to be an intimate partner relationship. Nine times out of uh, a ten, it is, but uh, there are the other occasions. But uh, the codependency is part of this type of uh, toxic relationship as well. It um, one of the things I hear an awful lot from people outside is, "Oh, I'd never get into this sort of relationship," or "I'd never let that happen to me." Well, the thing is, this does not happen overnight. It's not like you fall down and, and break a leg or you know, dislocate your shoulder blade or something like this. It's about uh, a, a gradual effect. You know, if um, somebody was uh, went out on the first date and they got a black eye, very likely they're not going to go back and see that person again you know so it, it's not that simple as to jump into making the judgments of, because things happen on a gradual basis and the manipulation makes them really doubt their own peace of mind so coercive control relationships are deeply complex there's lots of different elements that go into them and they're often involved not only the controlling behavior of one partner but the codependency dynamics of the other. So today in this podcast, we're going to be looking at what is codependency and what it means in such a relationship and how it can, um, the perpetual cycle of control and abuse. So codependency is a term used by a dysfunctional relationship pattern with one person, the codependent, is excessively reliant on the other, which usually is the controller or perpetrator, whichever, if we're talking it in legal terms or uh, in uh, usual uh, language terms. But usually the um, codependent is so... Uh, wanting to appease the controlling personality for themselves and because very often they're walking on eggshells they really don't know what to do so they overcompensate to be looking after and doing what that other what the other person wants to do so they're really really dependent for the emotional and psychological well-being this reliance can become 
so intensive that the codependent self-worth becomes intertwined with the controller's approval or actions so they are really looking for confirmation all the time about you know what um, their life is who they are what what their worth is so it's really uh, important to remember that this is not just um a physical thing it goes far deeper and it really embeds themselves into this other person's psyche. So the traits of co uh, coercive control in relationships of the codependency is excessive caregiving. So codependents often go to great lengths to meet the needs and desires of the controlling partner, sometimes neglecting their own needs entirely. And also that it could be of children, of siblings, of uh, relations and things like this, though very often from wider areas, they are isolated because that's part of the ma manipulation and getting them so that they feel that they've got nowhere else to turn. But definitely we've seen in recently uh, with the um, with deaths of young children and things like this, that the, the partner has been not complicit but you know has has given in to the demands of the person that has the controlling behavior they will normally have low self-esteem because the controlling partner has worn them away and they they've lost such a belief in themselves so they're seeking validation and worth through their partner's approval continually fear of abandonment so this is a big one the fear of losing the control of partner can be over overwhelming for a codependent making them more susceptible to manipulation and control once the controlling factor is there and, and really sort of broken down their emotions and the, the the psychological barriers you know their fear of being left alone because literally they have been isolated and this person is the only person as in their words you know that um, is there for them or looks after them or what to be with them even though they treat them really badly you know the codependent is also uh, some clinging on there that really wants to be uh, needed wanted approved of denial and rationalization now this is a big one because the denial uh, and we see this so often not just in the codependency here but even if you you know people are ill or people are smoking or people are overweight you know we all know these things are, are bad for you but until the actual person wants to do something about it they're not going to do it well codependency is exactly the same it goes as you know very deep as the beliefs that you know this is how their life is this is the way of, of living and their need for that so until they come out of the de denial it really can't be any change and also the rationalization of the abusive partnership very often means that they believe that they can fix them they can make things better but people don't understand them oh they make excuses for that well they've done that because i did this or they wouldn't have done that if i hadn't uh, said this or reacted like this so they make excuses and allowances for them and there's also a huge lack of boundaries within these relationships because the boundaries often blurred or non-existent so that makes it much easier for the controlling partner to have the their power over them and the perpetual um codependency 
it control it it carries on and it deepens and as time goes on they get more and more dependent on this so the controller gains power by exploiting the codependency's need for approval fear of abandonment they use this dependency to maintain control over the relationship so it's a way of them control a uh, control feed you know they go in they come out they treat them badly they apologize so it's a backward and forward relationship it's very high very low very emotional but they both make um excuses for this manipulation and gaslighting now if uh, you've seen any of my sessions before or seen my, seen my blogs then a gaslighting we we've been into in in quite a lot of depth because it's quite a huge manipulation tool within the coercive um, control behavior so codependents are more likely to accept manipulative tactics and gaslighting as they doubt their own judgment and rely on their partner's visions and reality you know and the thing is a lot of these people are very good liars or they keep quiet to the truth so if they trip up or uh, something else comes out it's like oh you haven't understood or oh I didn't say that no no your memory is, you know isn't correct so they've got a way of manipulating and getting the other person to actually feel like uh, yeah maybe you know I'm, I don't remember this properly or oh yeah that's not you know how I remember things but they doubt themselves and of course isolation I've spoken to this before and uh, it's a very very key factor because if people are isolated and they're away from family and they've got a lack of support uh, around them then it's much easier to to get in to manipulate this person so it, it keeps them away so it further deepens the dependency on the controller because they haven't they feel like they haven't got anybody around them so breaking the cycle is really important and breaking free from codependency the coercive controlling relationship is a challenge uh it is possible but it's one of the things that you never know how far it's going to escalate not all co um, coercive controlling behavior relationships are physically violent but there is a possibility of the escalation. And um, one of the points, especially with the flashpoint, is if the, the um, codependent partner is trying to leave because obviously the controller is losing control. So it does escalate. So it's one of the times that really does need managing uh, particularly well. It needs to be thought out. There needs to be provision. And being on your own, normally you can't do this. So that's what I'm saying with the denial part. Once you get over that and you find, can't, can find some support and people around you, it makes the passage that much easier and also that much safer. So it's really important. So seeking support is always impossible, uh, always um, really important. So reaching out to friends, families, professionals who can provide emotional support and guidance GP is always a really good first step or one of the nurses within uh, your your GP practice because it's an easy way of getting to speak to somebody uh, confidentially that the perpetrator doesn't have access to. If you go to victim support or um, one of the other support agencies or charities, that too is in confidence. But talking to friends or neighbours or things like this, sometimes it gets back and it heightens the situation. So getting the right support and the confidentiality to be able to make uh, moves forward. Therapy, of course, so there's individual therapy and uh, support groups that can help codependents. But uh, again, unfortunately, in the day and age we're in, 
there is a lot of support about there's online support there's in person but there are waiting lists there are costs and you know with the financial control being part of the coercive controlling behavior in a partnership then often it's very difficult for the person to have again um, access to perhaps for, you know finance to actually find the therapy so doing this through other other sectors is really important and rebuilding self-esteem so working on self-esteem and self-love is crucial for healing and it's one of the things that people um think is going to happen quite quickly and this is why very often even if they get themselves out of one controlling um, behavior relationship that quite shortly afterwards they go into another one and it turns out to be exactly the same because they haven't had time to heal themselves and had time to work on their own well-being their psyche their uh, everything for themselves because going into another relationship you're already vulnerable because you've come out of this one so taking time to heal is really important establishing boundaries so learning to set and enforce healthy boundaries is a vital step towards independence again i think this one goes with the previous one that I said about um, building yourself up because if you've been in an abusive relationship you are not used to having boundaries and uh, clear communication so taking that time out and working on yourself to have your boundaries for you and then being able to put them into place in a new relationship is really important so taking that time is an important step before moving on to another one so understanding codependency in the context of coercive controlling relationships is essential for both the codependent and for those supporting them so recognizing these dynamics and seeking help uh, individuals can begin a journey towards breaking free from the cycle of control and building healthier more fulfilling relationships there's a lot of relationships that are not healthy, that do not work well, and people stick in them for a long time. You know, before uh, people said that you know, get married, it's for life, and people stuck at it, or they refused to get divorced and things like this. In this day and age, things like that are not the, uh, the same ties as they had before. But getting out of the relationship whether there's a marriage bond or, or whether people are living together you know, it's still a huge step to be able to move forward because no matter how bad the situation is you're in you know that situation whereas coming out of it and being somewhere different it's scary because it's the unknown and you don't know how you're going to manage you don't know how, what's going to be happening so the likelihood is you're going to stay where you're uh, make for you uncomfortable but you're comfortable because you know it so change is is more difficult when you're going into something that you really don't understand uh, or it seems that scary so to be honest it's really important to take the time when you're working through something to come out and um, really understand what it is that you want to to go into and making the move forward We've covered an awful uh, lot today and there's obviously an awful lot that goes into these sort of uh, relationships and it's not always easy for people to be able to you know, look from the outside and then be able to uh, go go with it. So 
if you are in this sort of relationship, that it's essential that you do look for some support and you uh, get some help to, to walk through. As I say, there's lots of different ways that you can go and just to get the help that you need, especially, say, if there are young people involved or children involved, then it's really important to not struggle and just to get yourself out and the support and move forward. I say it very often, we have one life. If that life isn't as happy and fulfilling as we want it to be, then really it's time to make some choices. But uh, living in fear is a terrible place to be. So I hope that some you know that you will be able to support other people around you or even yourself if you're in this sort of situation. So for now, I want to say thank you for listening to True Crime People and Places. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe and leave a review. You can pass it out as well. It's always great to have new people on board. And if you have any suggestions for future topics, please let us know. And from now, I will see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to True Crime People and Places. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you have any suggestions for future topics, please let us know. See you next time.